0: Hello med students, my name is Zach Olson and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. Big episode this week. Today, I'm going to teach you about heart attack complications, the whole list. This is kind of part two to our STEMI episode. Anybody who is having an MI or recently had a heart attack, even if they got stented or whatever, you still need an organized approach for how to think the rest of the way all the way through that case it does not end with aspirin plavix heparin cath cognitively there's a next level to this which i want us to learn it is another mnemonic episode sorry if you don't like mnemonics this is the darth vader mnemonic for complications of mi fairly well known as far as i can tell darth vader the complications of MI are death, arrhythmia, rupture of the ventricle, tamponade, heart failure, and then Vader valve failure, aneurysm, Dressler syndrome slash pericarditis, embolism, and then recurrence of the MI. It's a long list of... All I want you to remember today is that the Darth Vader mnemonic exists. We'll be sure to get this into the show notes so that when you do run into one of these cases, whether it's during your clerkship or in residency, you can look everything back up quickly and then go through this again. So starting from the top, Darth Vader. D, death. Okay, obvious. Let's save some time here. All of those cardiac arrests that are coming into the department, CPR in progress, yeah, usually that's an MI. Not always, but usually an MI. A is arrhythmia. I was actually surprised by this. Pretty much all of your mi patients will develop some sort of arrhythmia. It's almost 100%. And these are important because when the heart is ischemic, any arrhythmia, especially tachyarrhythmias though, not only increases oxygen demand because the heart is beating Harder and faster, but it also makes the heart less efficient at delivering oxygen to itself. It decreases output. All of this increases overall cardiac ischemia, making the whole situation just this bad, worsening cycle. There are a ton of these arrhythmias. Certainly not enough time to go through each one. We do cover most of these in old episodes if you want to review. But get those pads on when your STEMIs come into the department because they will probably develop some form of arrhythmia at some point. R is ruptured ventricle. Two specific areas of the ventricle are known to rupture. The outside or free wall of the ventricle and then the intraventricular septum. And you know this is happening because all of a sudden the patient that is just a few days out of their MI, all of a sudden they just crump and they start to die, and they need surgery. T stands for tamponade. This can happen independently of pericarditis and ventricular rupture, completely isolated, but it can also happen as a complication of those things. It's not uncommon to see at least a little bit of pericardial effusion on ultrasound after an MI. Tamponade is when that effusion gets so big and that patient starts to crash. Remember Beck's triad, jugular venous distension, muffled heart sounds, and hypotension. That's Beck's triad. I'll say it one more time. JVD, muffled heart sounds, and hypotension. You can do a bedside ultrasound-guided pericardiocentesis if you see this. H stands for heart failure, cardiogenic shock. Obviously, long-term, we all know this, heart attacks can lead to chronic heart failure, ischemic cardiomyopathy, but short-term heart attacks result in acute heart failure and cardiogenic shock, which is kind of the focus here, I think. Remember, our shocks are tank, clogged pipes, broken pipes, and pump. Those are your big categories, and this is the pump, and this happens in about a third of patients. For the ED, what you need to know about this is your treatment when that blood pressure is dropping because of cardiogenic shock. In addition to getting that patient to the cath lab as soon as possible, which has the biggest impact on this, both the other treatments are still important to know as well. And basically, you're looking to give some combination of fluid And vasopressors. Now, it's not always clear and straightforward the right ratio. Sometimes you don't want to give fluids at all, but the goal is to give fluids in right sided heart attacks, stopping them if the patient develops some pulmonary edema. And then you want to lean more on your vasopressors in left sided heart attacks. But again, it's not always obvious. The ratio can kind of fluctuate. Your go-to presser in the emergency department, even for cardiogenic shock, is pretty much always norepinephrine. But do remember that there are some cardiac pressors out there as well that you can start like dobutamine and milrinone, especially if that's what cardiology wants you to do. But norepi is your first go-to. This is also where LVADs and balloon pumps come in. It's for that cardiogenic shock. Now on to VADER. V is valvular rupture, regurgitation, especially of the mitral valve. This is going to present similar to rupture of the ventricle. Basically, it's going to be an acutely, quickly, all of a sudden, the patient is just dying. Listen for those systolic murmurs of the blood flowing retrograde back through the mitral valve into the lungs. That's V, valvular rupture. Our second A stands for aneurysm, especially aneurysm of the ventricle. This is a classic STEMI mimic. So let's say the patient has an old MI, and now they're completely asymptomatic, but they came into the department for whatever reason, and you have an EKG showing a STEMI with big old Q waves. This is a tricky situation. Somebody with what looks like a STEMI with a history of MI but they're asymptomatic. What the heck? Just know that this is probably a ventricular aneurysm, a STEMI mimic, but that you have to be careful. D stands for Dressler syndrome and pericarditis. Dressler syndrome happens a few weeks out. It looks just like pericarditis. It's treated like pericarditis. It's basically pericarditis. Aspirin, colchicine, simple pericarditis can happen at any time Dressler syndrome is a few weeks out, just the irritation and the inflammation from the heart attack itself can cause almost immediate pericarditis. And again, your treatments are those aspirin, colchicine, NSAIDs. Please remember to check for tamponade here with ultrasound as well. E stands for embolism. Not a ton to say here, But thrombus can form inside those ventricular aneurysms. These patients are at risk for DVTs and strokes. If you find an embolism or a thrombus, you start the patient on blood thinners. And last, R is for recurrence. Not in the ED, but during the hospitalization, these patients are going to be started on a whole pile of meds trying to prevent recurrence. Aspirin. Beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, statins. They're going to be educated on lifestyle stuff like smoking cessation and dietary changes. These patients are now forever high risk for having another heart attack. And this comes into play when these patients come in with chest pain in the future because they're kind of automatically not low risk anymore. Their heart attack might recur. Those are the complications of a heart attack. Don't just stop your brain at acute coronary syndrome, admit when these patients are in the emergency department. Think this through all the way. Darth Vader, death, arrhythmia, rupture of the ventricle, tamponade, heart failure, valve failure, aneurysm, Dressler syndrome slash pericarditis, embolism and recurrent MI. We'll get this up in the show notes that you can pull this up on your shift. And until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.